Hey, hey, hey. This is Lisa A., and you're listening to Who's That Star on LCC Connect at Lansing Community College. Who's That Star is a behind-the-scenes show where I sit down and talk with the employees at the college. This is an inside look at LCC where you will have a chance to learn about their passions, projects, what inspires them both at work and in their personal lives. I'm your host, Lisa Alexander. I'm so excited to get a chance to talk to all the people who make LCC great. This show is for you to get to know the people that work at Lansing Community College a little bit more and see what makes them tick. Are you ready? Okay, let's go see who's today's star. Today's star is not from Lansing area or from Michigan for that matter. She was born and raised in New York City where she earned her Bachelor's of Science in Business Marketing and Management and a Master's of Science in Creative Studies and Change Leadership from Buffalo State University. As an equity practitioner and first-generation college graduate, this star is passionate about student access to affordable and qualitative post-secondary education. Before coming to Lansing Community College, this star served as Interim Vice Chancellor of Student Services at Ivy Tech Community College in Indiana. Prior to this, she was a director of academic advising and coordinated efforts with student success, enrollment management, and academic affairs. Her focus at that time was to develop processes and evaluate advising efforts and devise enhancement consistent with enrollment and retention growth patterns. This star is currently enrolled in the Educational Leadership EDD program at Central Michigan University, where her current research interests consist of community, cultural wealth of black and Latinx students, appreciative education, ethics, and morals of academic advising. When this star is not at work or studying, she enjoys traveling with friends and family, dining at local restaurants, and listening to audiobooks. She currently lives in St. John's, Michigan. Okay, are you ready to learn who's today's star? Drum roll, please. Today's star is Monet Lewis, Associate Dean of Academic and Career Pathways. Thanks, Monet, for coming to Who's That Star. We're so glad to have you. Thank you so much, Lisa, for the invitation. I certainly feel honored in this journey in doing so, especially so early on in my career at LCC. Yes, we wanted to get you in because I think that it'll give people a good opportunity to know who's leading us. You know, one of our big leaders over there in student affairs, and so they'll have good idea about who they're dealing with. And, and I think a lot of times in a college campus, it makes it easier, you know, when they get a chance to kind of know some things about you. So we'll get started. You ready? Yes, ma'am. Oh, so can you tell me a little bit about who you are and what's important to you in your life right now? Absolutely. So I grew up in Brooklyn, New York. Um, that is the borough that I primarily recognized as my upbringing, but I did go to school in Buffalo, New York. So it's about eight hours away. It's a huge part of my identity. Okay. And 
another part about being from New York is that I feel as though it's huge in the fashion industry as well as just being in a huge city. That mindset can be different, especially someone that had relocated to the Midwest at, in Indiana and also as in Michigan. Right. See, I don't know. If I, like, I always thought Brooklyn, Buffalo, New Jersey, like they all, you know, like when you hear about it, it's, you just think they all kind of close together. Mm-hmm. But then you said eight hours away. Yes, eight hours driving. So Brooklyn is a borough inside New York City and there's five boroughs. Okay. And so when people think of New York, typically they think about the New York City region. But there's Western New York, Southern New York, Southern Tier, um, Albany is actually the capital of New York. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of great areas in different regions where there's a lot um, similarities, I would say, to Lansing, for example. I think Rochester reminds me so much. Rochester, New York reminds me so much of Lansing. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool to know. Because I always think of like, they're so big, you know. Mm-hmm. It just feels like when you think about New York, and I just think, I think of traffic. Mm-hmm. Yes. So is that a difference for you here versus when you were there? So because I did live in Buffalo and as well as in Indiana, I'm used to slower traffic. I actually prefer my miles, the distance be one minute versus (laughs) the, you'll have like an eight minute drive supposedly, but then with traffic, it can be almost 45 minutes in a New York City region or metro area. Yeah. So I prefer smaller or mid-major cities. Yeah. That would make a difference because that would be a deterrent for me. Okay. Well, can you tell me about your work at LCC? What are your roles here? Yes, so I am the Associate Dean for the Center of Academic and Career Pathways, and that means that I have the opportunity to oversee academic advising, academic success coaching, testing services, and career and employment services programs. These um, services are a huge component to the student journey, especially when they're moving beyond their first courses or even getting started for their classes. So I get to work with people that really help students throughout their time at LCC and make it wonderful. And then if there are opportunities where we need additional support, these individuals be able to help and recover that individual student. Yeah. I, um, I know you said that you had worked in academic advising, you were a director Mm -hmm. and then, so that gives you a different type of insight we're your favorite, aren't we? No, you don't have to answer that. But um, <laughs> I know that you have a lot of different areas, but academic advising is something that you kind of have a little more experience with. Yes, I will say academic advising is a huge passion for me and also probably one of the reasons why I got involved in education because when I was a student, I had worked with a, with the a department chair of the School of Business who had really helped me to decide on what I wanted to do for like my master's program and just having that connection, just being able to connect with someone beyond student services, but actual professor. But then they also had that administrative side. They gave me different outlook on what it means to partake in higher education. And then I had started off in admissions working for the university at Buffalo. 
And that was an opportunity for me to realize, you know, I really would like to help with the student development. And Mm -hmm. I wind up working at SUNY Geneseo for access opportunity programs and that had advising component as well as career advising, serving students that are first generation, low income, and then students with disabilities. So being able to support students that look like myself or been a part of the community. It was a lot of students that were coming from the New York City region, living in a small town for the first time. Mm. So really trying to help them get acclimated and then realize that they do deserve to be here. Right. And oh. I just took that with me wherever I went. Oh, that's great. So what do you like the most about what you do here at LCC? I would say I really enjoy working with the people. Um, everyone has been very welcoming and supportive and if there's anything that I may need to know to help support my role in in helping others and just even the functions of what CACP is Mm -hmm. I've just felt as though people have been really instrumental in that and are not afraid to share with me the institutional knowledge and then also being receptive to the new ideas I believe my way of leadership is really understanding the experts who are constantly working the day-to-day with student experiences. Yes, I've had worked with students before, but I don't want that to be the only thing that's informing what I'm doing. I really like to have that community approach, and I felt as though LCC was that place for me, and it still is true to, to this day, just from the process of interviewing, living it out, and then even now, just as I think will be an example of me serving here um, on the radio with you. Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's um, outreach, you know, getting people an opportunity to know who you are, who the leadership that is at LCC, and that they're accessible. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. And so I think a lot of times when people open themselves up, because not everybody does that, you know, so I thank you again for doing this. So let's find out a little bit about you outside of work for a little bit. So if you had only one sense, hearing, touch, sight, which one would you want to have? I would say taste because one, I am certainly inspired by children in the aspect that they do not have any judgment. And so I believe if you don't have the hearing where you can hear what other ones are saying, you won't have to place that judgment on yourself and you can truly enjoy it. And then also seeing, judging a a book by its cover. Mm -hmm. So just being exposed to new experiences, uh, especially I've, I've traveled and been able to taste different food that maybe don't smell as great, but it's so delicious and you can't wait to have it. Mm. And it'll be interesting to discover what I will find out. Yeah, and I, I never thought about that. That's a good way of, uh, I never thought about why taste would be a good sense, in this, mm-hmm. you know, in that way. And then, yeah, because you do get um, other people's opinions by listening or if you visually see something that they're doing, ah, I'm have to think about that one. Monet, okay, you don't taught me something. Okay, what's the most daring thing you've ever done? I would say the most daring thing I've ever done was to go to Buffalo, New York for school. That was like the biggest decision of my life. No one in my family had even traveled that far, like 
there's members of my family that only went between two boroughs. Oh, wow. So just to leave the actual city and to take a long distance drive, that was a huge proponent of discovering what's available to me and not what's already predefined based on my background. Because you said that's eight hours from mm-hmm. where you are? Yes. Now, with Buffalo, is that like more of going into the country? Some will say that, yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, I guess, like, would Buffalo be comparable to, like, Lansing? Or is it more of a bigger city? It is a bigger city. It's the second largest city. Okay. So there's there's definitely the, the Buffalo City area, and then there are, like, smaller towns, kind of like how Lansing is, is set up where you Eastland. have, like, yeah. the, exactly. Okay, so, yeah, that would be pretty daring to go mm-hmm. off by yourself and no one else uh, have done that before in your family because I know you mentioned being first gen. Was that something, like, were people supportive of you or were they like, oh, we don't know if you should go that far? And Yes, there was definitely curiosity, possibly some doubt because they couldn't necessarily give me that much advice. Right. But they had been supportive. We maintained communication throughout and every time I had an opportunity to go home I would Mm -hmm. I stayed on campus for the first um I would say my first five years because I went straight into grad school right after and I didn't move off campus until my second year of grad school wow okay that was home home for real it was you got acclimated real well with that (laughs) community and the you know the Mm -hmm. campus and stuff like that so that's cool that is brave though It is. So what's one thing that can instantly make your day better? One thing that can instantly make my day better is ice cream. I love ice cream. I can eat it all year round, regardless of the season. Even if it's raining outside, it's perfect. My favorite flavors are... Oreos, cookies and cream, Mm -hmm. primarily from Baskin Robbins. Okay. I also love the Superman ice cream. So I, I didn't realize that that was like a Michigan flavor. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, it's something about that black cherry mixed with the vanilla and then the blue moon. It's, it's very delicious. Mm-hmm. I love cotton candy from Dairy Queen because it has like little pieces of candy chips. Okay. Yeah. Have you tried um, MSU Dairy yet? I have not. Okay, yeah. Well, I can't wait to see how you think about that. But, yes, ice cream is, can't go wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And it will make your day better. What is your favorite season and why? My favorite season is the fall or autumn. Mm -hmm. And it's because of the changing of the colors. A big thing about New York is just looking at the foliage as well. Mm-hmm. I also love to dress up. And so that's an opportunity to wear different layers of clothing and just like the the gemstone colors. Okay. It's just very rich. And yeah. it just reminds me of like all the additional holidays are coming up. It's a great time. It is. It's like, I don't, I'm, it, I know it's like at the end of the year, but. It does seem like a lot of things are beginning during Mm -hmm. that time. You know, school, then you're getting ready for different uh, athletic uh, sporting things. And then you just get, like you said, the holidays and just like it starts stuff up. So fall is mine, too. What is what was your first job? 
My very first job was working at the Latino Action Pastoral Center in the Bronx, New York. Okay. And I served as a summer camp counselor as well as a drama instructor. Oh, wow. Now, do you speak Spanish? I do not, but the Bronx is a special place in my heart. That's where I went to high school, and it's a huge um, Latinx population mm-hmm. so you you'll have some individuals from new york that they will classify themselves as new, as new york Ricans or okay. being able to speak spanglish i can pronounce words but i can't have more than like two sentences i would say oh well you had to do something and be adapted you know <laughs> working in that community and really enjoying it so i know like the bronx it just seems like all of you talking about all these shows are like there's shows and I just reminisce about that with New York. Do you get that with a lot of people from Michigan? Do they have a lot of questions about like different nuances of New York? And Yeah, I get a few questions. And so one thing is not a question, but I always get this statement is like, I know it's not New York. And I'm like, I understand that. I don't want to live in New York. Right. <laughs> I'm here. I, I want to see what brings you joy, what gets you out of the bed. What are some of the things that you like to do, especially like Winter Olympics or something? Like, mm-hmm. What do you do when it's cold outside? I look forward to those things. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I think they do have a lot of different, if you like going outside in the winter. Mm-hmm. But, see, you had to deal with a lot of snow, too, in New York, so you used to that. That's yes. one thing that you moved here and you don't have to really – get adjusted to that but yeah there's a lot of different fun events if you're not old like me you can have some fun time but um so what's an essential part of your daily routine essential part of my daily routine is one reading the bible okay and then two looking at my horoscope Okay. <laughs> What's your sign? So I'm an Aquarius. All right. And that's when? When is those dates? So late January and then like mid-February. Okay. So, okay, Aquarius, then it's Pisces. Mm-hmm. I get those mixed up because I'm a Sagittarius. And I oh. I, I like um, horoscopes, you know, and I, I kind of read them and I'll look into them. And then some stuff I think that they, you know, I think it's depending on who's saying the stuff, right? Because you'll see the memes and stuff and they'll be like, a Sagittarius is this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, Mm-mm. but then there's some that's right on. So do you really study or know your sign well and yeah, I know my sign well, and then I also like to look at compatibility. So believe it or not, Sagittarius and Aquarius get along well. Yeah. You know, and that's interesting because I found that a lot of people that I'm real close to are Scorpios. Mm, okay. You know, like I got a lot of best friends that are Scorpios, and I was like, mm, but you're not on my list really. For me, it's Taurus. Okay. Yes. And I and I get it because they're um, strong-minded, and mm-hmm. I, I do like to follow individuals mm-hmm. and be supportive. Like, that's the main characteristic of Aquarius. Like, yes, they have their own mind, and they're typically independent, but they do like to connect with individuals when needed, and you need someone to be assertive to help you get there. Yeah, that's true. That's all right. So what is a hobby or a project that you truly enjoy doing, something that fills your cup and it lights you up? 
So my favorite hobby, I would say, is to do motivational interviews. And that's either participating, watching. I just like hearing other story stories. I like to share my personal story occasionally. I will do so for like an institution for some of like the access-based programs that I recommended. Mm-hmm. I'm also part of a... Um, achievers program and that was one of the programs that helped me to learn more about college like outsourcing that information because I wasn't able to get it from home base and just hearing individuals that had were were either embarking on the path that I'm looking to accomplish or even leadership those are the things that sparks my joy I love professional development and focusing on self and how can you develop more self-help help books. I love that. I love reading like articles on my phone and then even just like listening to audio books or, or podcasts about improving or shifting your mindset. Oh, okay. That's one of self-improvement, mm-hmm. self-development. Like that's, I like that when you're, you be aware of yourself and growth, that's where growth comes when mm-hmm. you try to make those changes. Well, we're coming close to the end of our, um, interview but I know you I I want to ask you the question I'm not trying to put you on the spot or anything but you've moved to Michigan and you've been in in Michigan for about eight months whatever uh so you do you know about the like rivalry between U of M and MSU I know about it and if I if you're gonna ask me like who I go with I would say state. So over, I can't remember. It was probably, it was late February, March. I did go to the Little Caesars Arena for the very first time. Okay. And I personally got to witness the battle between U of M and MSU for their hockey game. Oh, okay. And got to see every the bands playing. So different mm-hmm. levels. So alumni, current students, even I would say alumni family, like they had the shirts on. Yeah, it's real deal. The chance, it was a huge amount of energy. And the, honestly, I would say that's probably something I haven't really experienced um, on the college level. So that was like really beautiful. Okay, so you, you're you not really like a sports enthusiast? No, I wouldn't say that. Okay, so yeah, you'll just, yeah, it's good. We'll just we'll just take you along and you can be a Spartan with us. I know there's a lot of Wolverine fans that's going to try to change your mind, but stay strong. (laughs) (laughs) But Monet, I'm so glad that you came on Who's That Star today. I'm glad that the Lansing community and the LCC community got an opportunity to learn who you are today. Do you have any closing words for us? Yes, I will say thank you so much for inviting me. And I look forward to creating more memories here at LCC and just looking forward to what we can accomplish for this upcoming academic year. Well, I'm excited for that as well. And hey, people, I'm so glad that you were listening and had a chance to learn about Monet today. Please, please come back again and listen to the next edition of Who's That Star? Take care. You've been listening to Who's That Star? I'm Lisa A., and you can listen to this episode of Who's That Star and other shows from LCC Connect anytime online at lccconnect.org. Thank you for listening. 
catch me next time to find out who's that star. Featuring the staff, faculty, students, and others that help to make Lansing's Premier College what it is today. You're listening to LCC Connect. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Coming in October to the Black Box Theater, Lansing Community College presents Isaac's Eye by Lucas Nath. This play tells the story of a young Isaac Newton exploring his dreams and longings and what drove this rural farm boy to become one of the greatest thinkers in modern science. Performances October 6th through the 14th. For more information, visit lcc.edu slash showinfo. Not completing high school is more of a social thing than it was an academic thing. I came out in the 11th grade. Nobody was embracing you. The kids were cruel. It was very difficult to be gay. Even though all these years have passed, I still had that longing to have my diploma. The hard part was determining that I was gonna do it, but I definitely didn't do it alone. At age 30, with the help of her mentor, Carissa finished her high school diploma. I have a mentor, Maria. She convinced me to continue my education and to finish what I started to get my diploma. She just never judges. She's a true role model. If you're even considering getting your high school diploma, go get it. You can do it. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. That's finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Hey everyone, this is Jim Owens. Coming soon to LCC Connect is a new show called Headroom, where we talk about all things essential to mental health and well-being. To find out more, visit lccconnect.org. By utilizing interactive activities, the Youth Summer Camp at LCC gives kids in grades 2 through 12 the chance to explore science, technology, engineering, arts, and mathematics. Scholarship opportunities are available. Details can be found at lcc.edu slash serious fun. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Welcome to Community Convos, a podcast and radio program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in Lansing and around mid-Michigan. And this is Dedalian once again back on the Convo, and it is that time of the year. Halloween coming up, always a fun time for the kids. And of course, one place that has been doing or bringing the fun to the kids each and every year, Potter Park Zoo. Carolyn Fabro from Potter Park joining me, special projects coordinator. Yep. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Okay, so it's coming up. Now, how many years has it been that Potter Park has been doing this? Do you know? Oh, I don't know. So I've been it's there. It's been for, quite a while. Yeah, this is my fifth season. Yeah. Um, and that included a COVID season where we sure, had to do sure. something a little different. But Everybody else yeah, in this right, world. Right. Yeah. So um, I want to say it's probably been at least 20 years. 20 I would, years. I would imagine yeah. at least. Yeah. yeah. That sounds about right, too, because I, I can remember it from the furthest time back. And of course, I'm not going to say that people aren't familiar with this, but there might be people that still have not gone to Boo yeah. at the zoo, yeah. which is what we're talking about today. So tell me what if somebody had never gone to this before. Mm-hmm. 
What's what's Boo at the Zoo? Yeah, so um, Boo at the Zoo is our family-friendly um, Halloween fall event that we do. It is October 14th and 15th. 21st and 22nd and 28th and 29th this year. Um, activities are noon to five. So we're open f- for the entire day, but the activities for Boo at the Zoo don't start until noon. Um, but that's going to include community partners um, from the area who will have giveaways, candy, games, that kind of stuff, as well as additional activities that we bring in. Um, this year, we're going to have um, bounce houses, inflatable kind of fun. Um, we're bringing back our hayride. Um, that's something that we haven't been able to do since we... Um, reopened since COVID. Where exactly does the hay ride go? Um, so it's mostly going to just go around the parking lot. Okay. Um, it's the biggest loop that we've sure. got. Yeah. Um, but this year, really exciting. We are able to accommodate um, those in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. And the last couple of times that we've done that, we didn't have a safe way to have somebody in a wheelchair on the hay ride. This year, we're able to do that. Awesome. So that's really exciting for us to be able to um, be inclusive, be, be yeah. inclusive with yeah. that. That's something that we strive for in everything that sure. we do. Um, and we're going to have characters this year. I'm bringing in characters. I think we're going to have some like Sanderson sisters, some princesses and their villains. Um, and then we're going to do Costume parades. We're going to encourage the kids to dress up and um, walk around the zoo. We're going to, at 1.30 every day of the event, we're going to ask the zoo staff to come out and cheer on these kids who dressed up to come out to the zoo. Very cool. So you've had a chance to witness this, you said, for five five years yeah. or so? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the, what's the coolest costume you've seen over the years from one of the kids? It's always a kick to see those inflatable costumes. Um Oh yeah, that's that's the, kind of a big thing. Now, yeah, the yeah. Um, the some of the animals really go crazy over those. Our wolves have left, but they used to like really be interested in the kids that were walking by really? in those in those uh, <laughs> dinosaur inflatable costumes and the lions too. They it would it would really rile some of those animals up, and it's just funny to see them do that. That is an interesting. <laughs> I like I wouldn't even think that that would be a thing, but I guess it does make yeah, sense. Yeah, it's something like, entirely minute, different <laughs> that they wouldn't see, and like it's bigger than them. It's you know, it's just it's weird. <laughs> very good, very good. Uh, so exactly where would people go to get all the information on Boo at the Zoo? Um, they can go to our website, potterparkzoo.org. Um, it's going to be under the events tab, public events calendar, and you can buy your tickets online or you can buy tickets, um, as a walk up. Very good. So that's happening, of course, in October. Mm-hmm. Anything else coming up that you want to make sure you give a mention to before we uh, wrap things up? Yeah. So our, um, I think it's our 36th or 37th annual, um, Wonderland Delight starts um, November 18th. That is an after hours um, event, 5 to 8 p.m., where we have the zoo decked out in all kinds of uh, Christmas lights and displays throughout the throughout. And Santa will be there Friday and Saturday nights if kids want to visit Santa. What was the weekend again? Um, Opening weekend is November 18th, and we're typically open Thursday through Sunday. with the exception of Thanksgiving, we don't open on Thanksgiving. Okay. Carolyn Fabro, Special Projects Coordinator for the Potter Park Zoo. Boo at the Zoo taking place October 14th and 15th. you got the 21st, 22nd, and 28th and 29th. Carolyn, thanks so much for coming in and yeah, joining me here on the Thanks for having me. Yeah. Great. You've been listening to Community Combos, a program from LCC Connect with conversations about what's happening in our community. To listen to this episode on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org or find us on your favorite podcast platform. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on Community Combos, email us lcc-connect at lcc.edu.
and thanks for joining the combo. Featuring the faculty, staff, students, and others that helped to make Lansing's premier college what it is today. LCC Connect, Mid-Michigan's connection to Lansing Community College. To find out more about our featured programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. K-12 Operations at Lansing Community College is a proud collaborator of the Lansing Promise Scholarship, offering graduating high school seniors who live within the Lansing School District and attend a high school within district boundaries an opportunity to attend LCC. The scholarship offers 65 credits over the course of four years from high school graduation. For more information on the Lansing Promise Scholarship at LCC, please visit lcc.edu hope. Work, school, grocery shopping, doctor's appointments, the gym, to the airport to pick up loved ones, to the kids' soccer games, piano lessons, out for movie night, to hear your favorite band in the city, over to grandma and grandpa's house, and on last year's amazing road trip. Your vehicle takes you so many places, Protect it. When you leave your vehicle, remember to always take your keys or key fob with you and lock the doors. If you suspect auto theft, contact the National Insurance Crime Bureau at 1-800-TELL-NICB. That's 1-800-TEL-NICB or visit our website at www.nicb.org. A public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Hi, I'm Melissa Kaplan, and I host a show called Galaxy Forum on LCC Connect. It's all about the creativity in our classrooms and on campus here at LCC and the connections we have with the community. You can catch Galaxy Forum here on LCC Connect or listen anytime at lccconnect.org. The Modern Warehousing Program through the Job Training Center at Lansing Community College is an industry-led program that prepares individuals for frontline material handling and supply chain logistic positions in medical centers, fulfillment centers, warehouses, and factories. Those who complete this program can earn multiple certifications. Visit lcc.edu slash jtctraining for more information. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. It's time for Stars on Sports, a podcast radio show dedicated to sharing stories about our athletic program at Lansing Community College. LCC Athletics has a strong tradition. 23 national championship wins. Over 170 All-Americans. 19 MCCAA All-Sports Trophies. Stars on Sports will introduce you to individuals that have contributed to our program's success and give you the backstory on what it takes to develop it. We'll also dive into and break down the topics and issues facing athletic departments across the nation and right here at LCC. This is Stars on Sports.
Hello, and welcome to another episode of Stars on Sports. I'm joined by our assistant AD, Stephen Cutter. And Stephen, today we'll be talking about a number of topics. You know, the nice thing about this business is there's there's a lot of things going on that we could really dive into, especially Always. this time of year. So it's almost hard to narrow down to one. And, you know, today I want to talk about the fine line of things in our business that also transfer over into life and, and other businesses, but, you know, we might also hit recruiting and re, re, enrollment that the, the big topic in college athletics right now, um, you know, we've talked about doing a, uh, some book reviews, but I'm, I'm going to tie in a book to even our, our line nice. today, but, nice. um, I know both of us like to read and, and read about leadership and, and educational athletics and, and other things too, but, you know, a number of, you know, complicated issues in educational athletics and that fine line. Um, you know, I, I was at the campus reforce source fair a couple of weeks ago and our CFO comes up to me and I asked him how you're doing. He goes, I'm living the dream, but it's a fine line, to, you know, thin line to becoming a nightmare. And the same is true about, you know, you'll talk about, you know, great, good and great and, and complacency and consistency, but, but even, you know, finances and, and decision-making. And I read a great book by Urban Meyer, which, you know, we kind of talked about in one podcast too. I wasn't the biggest fan on, but the book is excellent about leadership, about above the line behavior and below the line behavior. And, you know, that's the only two really things there are. You're either above the line or below the line and there's different um, yep. characteristics to that. But you know, I, I was joking with you the other day, we have a number of great topics in our office that we should be recording for this podcast about things that get you in trouble or things that um, lead to decision making. And, you know, I had a, a former colleague tell me that the two things that will get you in trouble in this business is finance and romance. And if you, you know, cross that line in either one of those um, area that 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 can lead to trouble and, and we've seen a number of times in our business where people have tried to hide it or um, think it's not going to come out but you know you and I even carried that conversation in on decision making like you know relationships are such a huge part of this job and what we feel that one of the most important jobs um and so is finance yes um and I, I told you that i do not like money making decisions or being the number one factor in making decisions but unfortunately in some cases it you is to. yeah you know i would hope what the best interest of the kid may is that number one factor or student athlete but we all know there's still parameters of of, of money that lead to those decision, but it's such a fine line. And, and unfortunately, um, in all factors of life, people have crossed those lines and we've had to define or, or redefine those, those lines. And, you know, one of my, uh, favorite quotes in this is the best thing about this job is the people. The worst thing about this job is the people. And when you're dealing with relationships, you know, trust becomes the big part of, of, of those factors and, and that goes down to relationships. So it is a fine line. And, you know, our goal at LCC is to stay above the line. We want to, you know, lead with integrity and excellence and, and follow rules. And, you know, as humans, you know, mistakes are going to happen. You know, we, we've seen a lot of things in the news where people expect perfection from people, but that's just not realistic. And there's going to be errors, whether it's with your car that, you know, they might forget to hook up the exhaust pipe, you know, on a new car or, you know, in our office, you know, they might forget to connect the plumbing 
plumbing pipe and there will be a leak in there. So it's not realistic. It's not realistic of coaches either, but coaches, you know, being the public entity that we are under a lot of scrutiny, you know, when they make those decisions or have the impact of that decision and, and what those consequences are. So um, have you experienced that? Am I off? Am I, you know, what do you think about above the line or below the line behaviors? We define it in our program as top third and bottom third. It's the same idea, just the thirds kind of apply in baseball quite a bit. But coaches, athletes, people that work in sports, they're, they're held to different standards because they're more in the public eye than what some other people are. So it's the same thing that happens when you'll see a high school coach maybe get some kind of offense you know, that's not a felony, but you, you read about it where you wouldn't necessarily read about it from maybe somebody else in the school. So you're held to a different standard. It's a razor thin line between good and great. It's a razor thin line between those finances and those relationships that can hurt you and those finances and those relationships that can help you. We talk a lot about that. The difference in that razor thin line is there's really two C's that that I've come to to know, and that's consistency and complacency. So the people that are struggling, the people that are maybe just doing a good job at what they do, you're going to see there's going to be a lot more complacency and there's going to be a lot less consistency in what they do. They might do it every third day. The people that are in that top third or above the line they're going to have a lot of consistency and they're going to have very little complacency. So that top third, that consistency, instead of doing it every three days, they're going to do it every single day. And when they do it every day, it's not going to become a, it, that it's boring for them or anything else. They're just doing it because they bought into consistency and you can apply that in any, in anybody's life. You know, it's not just athletes. It's, it's, it's for everybody. Consistency. The more consistent you can be with things, the more times that you can do things when you don't feel like it, when maybe you're not having the best moments in a day, you know, just keep moving forward, keep doing the things over and over. And, and that's, that's what the big separator between those lines. And as you kind of mentioned that the, the money and the relationships are super important in athletics and they can go one way or they can go the other. Yeah. And, um, another one of my favorite quotes is the strength to the extreme becomes a weakness. And, and that is true with both of these. If you carry it too far, even your trust or your, or, you know, your relationship in with a donor or something, it, it, it could turn into a weakness if you don't have that balance and modification. But, you know, I like the word consistency, too. You know, we talked in the past on our podcast about one word themes or whatever. And, and that might be my next one, because I think there is a lot of merit to that to to reach success. And, you know, you've talked about top third, bottom third, and, and that's true for any roster. And, you know, in, in the book above the line, they talk about kind of almost dismissing that bottom third, like you're not going to get them to change your real goal is to try and take that middle third and move as many up to that top third and hope none of them go down to that bottom third. And, and that's viewed as like fence sitters. Those fence sitters could go either way. And, and what kind of influence you have in your company, what kind of influence you have in your team is which way those fence sitters go, whether they move to the, to the top third or they move to the bottom third. And then when you look back on a season, you can tell 
where the majority, which is the culture piece of the team, where the majority is. And, and that shows up in wins and losses, profit and losses. It shows up everywhere. Yeah, and, and we've also talked about that bottom third, which you and I both agree we, we, we don't dismiss. We work harder mm-hmm. to try and bring them up, but you also, right. as we talked about, trying to keep that top third moving in that same direction, mm-hmm. and the ratio right. usually stays the same. Um, but you're right, I think that does lead to success at the end of the season. You can see where those numbers are, and, and that's, I think, a true of any team in business or, or life, and, you know, most – breakdowns are that top third are probably intrinsically motivated disciplined have a passion for that sport the fence sitters are you know they like the sport but aren't all in and then they're they're typically good at those sports but they haven't necessarily had to put as much work in as you know somebody else so they're just kind of neutral typically and could be a a good in another Mm -hmm. sport and Mm -hmm. you know this is their second sport and you know i think our you get a ton of fence setters at the high school level exactly especially in my old job multi-sport athletes Mm -hmm. and there's just a lot going on there and i think our society has almost discouraged them from from participating because they're not getting a college scholarship so go to a sport that you will get a college scholarship and i think those are hurting our numbers i think the bottom third some of them just want to be a part of a team and enjoy that experience and if they accept their role it will be positive if they don't accept your their role that's where it becomes the negative and that's when you have to deal not to digress too far but think about how much money people spend on trying to get their kids a college scholarship a lot of times it's twice the amount of the college scholarship that they get or a lot more just in what they're trying to spend on their children to get them to get that college scholarship with the travel teams and the travel and and in the lessons and everything that they do. Yeah, I think at the payment plan there, yeah. they just started that payment plan in kindergarten. <laughs> so that, that takes a little bit of time, though, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and each kid is different. You know, some don't start until middle school, but mm-hmm. you're right. I mean. The U sport business is billions of a dollar. I mean, we have a we have an eight U little league baseball world series now. Crazy. Eight year olds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Traveling yeah. around the country playing. So so it is a big business and again and it just you know, and that could discourage kids because some might not want to have to play at that level. They just might want to have fun and go out there and learn but you know it's a triple down trickle down effect to to where we're at and even at our level. Um, especially at our level when, you know, we've had a number of conversations of local and national presence and how that can help financially or the number, the numbers change a little bit from high school to college, but you still have the amount of fence sitters and numbers really don't change that much. It's just, it's more about what kind of dynamics can you bring into a program, into your business, into your family or whatever it might be to get those fence sitters to, to go kind of pull on the rope in the direction that, you know, you want them to pull on the rope, because if you don't, they're going to go the other way and you're going to have, you're going to have some issues and you can look in the business world and you can see that. And that's what happens. And that's why there is a razor thin line between good and great. And it is razor thin. And I think at the college level, the impact is, you know, at probably at the high school level, they were one of the best student athletes on the team. And then they get to the college level and they blend in more. Mm-hmm. And um, for some of them, it, it could be burnout or it could mm-hmm. be 
yeah. um, not accepting that role of being the star right. player because the expectations are are a little higher too at our level of of the emphasis on competing and, and winning and so some student athletes might struggle with that the the time commitments as which is one of the number one concerns of our student athletes is time management so i think those are kind of the factors that start to determine their success or or long-term participation at, at the the college level yeah for sure and and again we we do everything i can we can and try and find ways to to help them be successful but back to that fence sitter label that again it, it's just hard for some the transition is hard i mean i've seen transitions throughout life being in education of you know that next step from elementary school to middle school from middle school to high school and now from high school to college and now they're supposed to be adults but a lot of these students still don't know what they want to do in life and um you know at their first maybe way from home you know one of our conversations in the future will be housing and 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 working and how those dynamics impact our our student athletes but it's a big jump and we expect a lot and I, that's why you see you know a percentage of of students and student athletes that go off to college and end up you know leaving after that first semester because they didn't know you know what they were getting into and it it's a fine line and it could be one little thing that moves them over the line or the other side of that line that we might not even know um led them to that decision but most of it is still comes back to to finance and relationships you know whether they're going to have success or not is is going to be dependent on a lot of that you know. And you're right. I mean, for some kids, it could be more expensive than they thought or right. or there's other costs that they weren't mm -hmm. anticipating or they don't fit in like they thought they did. Or on the other side, they do fit in better and they meet some good friends or have a class with somebody. I mean, you talked about time just being a college athlete. It takes a lot of time. You need to have excellent, you know, impeccable time management skills if you want to have a lot of success. Well, when you're talking about money you a lot of them need to work right yeah and so how do you balance work your class schedule your your homework that you have your your weight room stuff your study tables then talk about practices then talk about going on the road on a bus to to play games you you know how do you work in that situation so then it comes back to money how can how can you do both because you need to be, be able to pay for your gas or something bigger like your apartment or you know f food different things like that so it still comes down to the the money and it and then you know we've talked about youth sports so a fair amount on here too and there's plenty of studies that show the reason why kids stop playing sports after you know the middle school level is is because of coaches a lot of times and and if you boil that down that's relationships you know so it still is is finances and relationships and again those are probably the two lead stressors of our student athlete at the college level whether it's having enough money to stay or having friends or teammates that support them and and help them so through two the lead hard stressors time. of whether you're a college athlete or you know you're you're 50 years old i mean it's still yeah. it's still a lead stressor you know i was reading something from harvard the other day and they put out this study that they believe they the study showed that they think Kids typically aren't going to know what they're going to do or, or 
humans aren't going to typically know what they want to do until they're close to 30 at this point. Yep, I, I totally so agree. How are you going to know what you want to do when you're 16, 18, or even 20 years old? And I think most people would shake their heads at that. Like, yep, that's that's pretty normal. That, that doesn't mean that there aren't people out there that know exactly what they want to do. They may have been groomed in something or they just know. But a large percentage, they just don't. Being in education my whole life and, you know, seeing our share of students come back and visit us, I, I have 100 percent agree that. And I think it's different for male and female, but, and I've read some similar research that it's 26, 27, 28 for males and maybe a little earlier for females than, you know, fully developing and fully understanding. And, you know, especially nowadays, as you and I talked about self-awareness and how that might not, you know, again, your own self-awareness of where you fit in or, you know, what's going on in your life and how that impacts um, being a student athlete, but even, um, trying things that be failure or trying things, the different things to be successful. Everyone wants to have that dream job right out of college. And that path is pretty, you know, roller coaster to get to the the job. And, you know, the, that stress and back to finance stress, my wife doesn't have any stress about finances at home. That all falls on me of making sure um, that it's taken care of. You're and I joke man. there, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> But it is stressful, even at, you know, as you get older, you know, those are the two things that do, you know, on a daily basis, um, you know, we talked about bringing to work or bringing to, to the team and, and, and um, impacting their performance. As a coach, do you uh, find that any of those young folks rotate in and, and they are, they've got their heart set on becoming a professional baseball player? Yeah, you, you definitely see a few of them. Yeah. Not everyone. I mean, I think there's some reality there that the percentages are so small. So they, they dream in bigger, more broader strokes of the paintbrush where they just want the typical is I want to play as long as I can. Yeah. It's you know? a little different at our level because that next step to them could be a four-year institution instead of going on sure. to professional sport, but we've had a couple in our past that have made it to that level. And I think the number's higher when they come in, but I think they start to learn right away that, again, back to that path, that it might be a couple other steps before they get to that level, or they learn that this is too much time and too much money. I mean, there's, again, one thing is college, but those other expenses outside of college, you know, going to private instruction or, or traveling to um, get that instruction or, or you're getting a higher competitive environment lead to to stresses of finances. But I mean, I think, every, you know, when you start young, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of kids that participate in sports is goal to, to be a pro athlete. And those percentages just significantly decrease yeah. at, as you I, I go think level. It's because they don't completely understand at those ages, which is 100 percent fine, but they don't necessarily understand the costs involved for for getting to those levels and so there's there's a large cost there's a cost in everything but uh, there's a large cost for those professional athletes and at some point through high school or in college they start realizing like that you know i'm not really willing to pay that price and so that's the reality that usually sets in and it's mostly Mm -hmm. high school and again i've seen it more there that you know if they don't think they're going to get a college scholarship in high school they stop playing but you talk about cost you're right and cost is more than just money it's time it's you know it's other factors that you know all play into um balancing that behavior so um 
again, that fine line is incredible and we deal with it every day. And, you know, at LCC, our goal is in our objective and our, you know, well, with work as hard as we can is to, to constantly demonstrate above the line behaviors. But the law of averages is, is, you know, you'll always deal with some of those below the line. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we're, I, you know, customer service is a big topic in student affairs. And, and our goal is to do everything we can to help those that are below the line. I mean, they need our help more than the ones above the line yeah. in some ways. And, and the risk of extending this uh, episode out a little bit further than we should go. I, I was kind of curious, you know, earlier you were talking about the book, the leadership book, mm-hmm. and about how that, that bottom third, you kind of just have to leave behind. It does not seem like our philosophy here at the college at all. No, and we, we you know, we, and I think that's even more, I mean, at the community college and maybe the four-year college because of demographics and, and you know, accepting students that we know could, you know, have some work to do to succeed in academics, but it, it's back to relationships and, and providing them resources to, to be successful. And again, that's where I disagree with this book because we've seen statistics that, for the most part, it's it's hard to get those below third to succeed. That are you wasting money or or time on them? And I don't believe you ever wasting money on a human being or or time. No, and a lot but, of times, what they need is that faith from somebody else to say, "Yeah, you can do this." You you will see in whatever organization you're in, you will see you know bottom third or whatever you label that as you will see bottom third go to top third you see that rotation and it really a lot of times comes down to that second one we've talked about is relationships and then the other big word is just consistency once they get the relationships they start learning how important the consistency is and pretty soon you'll see that migration to a different level and i think you see that a lot in really good organizations mm-hmm. whether it's colleges or businesses or anything else you will see that you see you have a lot of success stories now the other ones that struggle that are maybe on that good side they don't have as many success stories. So it ends up being, we just forget about the bottom third. We just, we forget about them. And that's the more of that mentality of relationships at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I agree. I mean, and that's the fun thing about sports is you see those underdogs succeed. You see people move up levels. And and to your point, Dedalia, and I think you're right. And, and one of the biggest thing is, is believing in somebody and how important that is. And it, whether it's a professor or a coach or a success coach or someone on campus that you don't even know you might have done something, but it, it really comes down to believing in that person to succeed because most of the time they haven't had anyone to believe in them right. because they've had their a life of, of failures. So um, that's the fun part about uh, our job is we, we get to see every year those underdogs succeed. And, and you even talk about levels, you know, in some of the most successful organizations, their bottom third could be even significantly better than the top third of other organizations, Absolutely. you know, and so that yeah. bottom third has a fight to, 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 to make it yeah. up to that level. And, yeah. you know, but it comes down to culture um, and, and relationships to and being consistent with what you do. Yeah. And I, I agree mm-hmm. relationship first, and then that develops mm-hmm. the consistency. And we'll just end on one last quote is, you know, from John Wooden or a couple other people is they don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And again, that'll go a long way in our business. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Go Stars. Go Stars. 
Stars on Sports is recorded live at the WLNZ studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Didalian Lowry. You can listen to this episode and other episodes of Stars on Sports on demand at lccconnect.org. To find more information about our athletic program, visit lccstars.com. Thanks for listening. Go Stars! This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Vision.